Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. We're also going to talk about marriage and money because there are some things that are deepening. You might have heard it said the most common cause of marriage breakdown is financial conflict. Well, now uh, we're into an economy with great employment, but rising cost of living pressures, another interest rate rise expected today. Alex Cook is back with us. Alex Cook, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you. Alex, we'll get into marriage and the issues, finance, and sometimes the uh, cause of lots of conflict, uh, but it is a concerning thing, just uh, interest rates rising, the likelihood of another interest rate rise today. The Reserve Bank will be meeting very shortly. Uh, they'll make their decision. They'll announce that this afternoon. Uh, your thoughts on current interest rate uh, rises? Yeah, well, so this will be the fifth month in a row. We started in May. Uh, the cash rate, as it's referred to, is currently 1.85%. Um, the general expect- expectation of today is there'll be another what we call 50 basis points or half a percent. Uh, that would take it to what, 2.35 on the cash rate, which is great for retirees, great for savers. You know, if you've got the money in the bank, you're finally, <laughs> after a, you know, about five to ten years of very low rates, you're finally going to start to see your interest rate rises. Um, unfortunately, of course, though, for homeowners, um, and especially those who have taken out loans in the last oh, sort of two to three years, um, you're looking now at home loan rates, probably variable rates around the 4% mark, uh, and fixed rate loans are already sitting around 5 plus. So, yeah, it's starting to filter through. These things take a while to filter through to people's budgets, but obviously that's really what it's ultimately about. Um, You know, from our point of view is what impact is this going to have on people's ability to spend? Uh, And particularly, I think, from a Christian perspective, is what impact does this have on our household budgets and ability to give, but also on on giving in our churches? You know, will that be impacted as well as rates continue to rise? And, of course, it's the big unknown is how much further will they go? Um, And that's all going to come down to what goes on with all the inflation figures as they come out over the next couple of months. So, yeah, interesting times. Um, Good for some, bad for others, but certainly we are blessed to have great employment in Australia. Unemployment's record lows, but there's no question that the cost of living pressures are going to start to bite. No question. Inflation rising, interest rates rising means mortgage payments on the rise. A lot of people who will find themselves uh, overcommitted so far as mortgages go. Let's bring this into a context if you happen to be, uh, you know, mum and dad and a bunch of kids and you've got a mortgage and uh, your marriage comes under pressure financially, let's come straight to cutting to the chase, a biblical model that we might think of working with uh, around uh, issues to do with finance here. Alex, is there a biblical model we can look to? Look, I certainly think there is when it comes to money. So one of the great concepts in Scripture is when, you know, husband and wife get married, you know, uses the term or expression to become one, Uh, you know, to become one flesh. 
Uh, and so if we were to take that concept and we were to sort of monetize it, because obviously it's not talking about money per se, um, but if we were to put that into a you know, monetary aspect and say, what does that mean for, for Christian couples uh, or couples in general that are, that are married or you know, people who are thinking about getting married, you know, they're engaged perhaps? Well, to me, there's a couple of key principles that we can unpack here. One is the need to be interdependent. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that we are ultimately dependent on God. You know, he's our source of provision. And that's really important to remember, I think, as the heat gets turned up, you know, with the economy slowing down and cost of the pressures, we've got to remember that God is the provider. Um, but we've got to be interdependent. So we've got to depend on each other, help each other through, uh, and look at it as a, as a team, if you like. And that, of course, means understanding that the resources uh, that we have as a couple are shared. You know, I've seen over the years many sort of his and her type attitude. And you see that with people where they have separate bank accounts, which I always recommend against. I encourage people to have joint accounts. You also see it with, I've seen it with, in extremes with inheritances. You know, one partner inherits money and then they, they say, oh, that's oh, my money. Well, actually, that's not, that's not accurate in a marriage. You know, it's shared resources. And following that is the idea of shared goals and vision. And I think this is where, as believers, it's about getting on the same page and just acknowledging together that the money we have is God's. We've got to steward it together for his glory. Uh, and we need to be purposeful together with how we're going to use it. So, you know, sit down and work out the goals that you're going to have for your money. And then the last one, and not to be dismissed at all, is shared responsibility. Now, quite often, when people get married, one partner's the one that pays the bills, uh, the other's, you know, doing other aspects, uh, and therefore, often one partner is disengaged from the process. So my view is that as a couple, we're both stewarding God's resources together, and therefore, we have the equal responsibility. We may have different tasks, so one of us pays the bills, other of us may, you know, be responsible for investing or whatever it may be, but we do it together, as in we're on the same page with the same goals in mind uh, and with the same responsibility for key decisions because you can't blame it on the other if something goes wrong, particularly around, say, investment, just because, you know, you're, you've passed it on to your, <laughs> into your spouse and said, hey, no, you're responsible. So that's not the way it should be. You know, it should be uh, together. We work on together. Um, how are we going to steward God's money well together? Uh, Alex, what, is there a sense in which uh, you're deciding to steward the money together? Uh, some will be thinking money in marriage. Well, this could be a divisive factor or it could be a uniting factor. Is there a biblical, godly intention we can come around so far as married couples appreciate money together? Yeah, so look, I mean, you're spot on in the sense that quite obviously in our society, money is often a divider, you know, it, and that's often because as, as a, you know, individuals, we have a different sense, you know, as husband and wife, we have a different sense of what is a need versus a want versus a desire. And so there's not, you know, we're not naturally on the same page. However, it should be if we're saying, right, God is at the center of our life and God, therefore, is at the center of our financial decisions, that in itself should bring you in closer because you're working towards the same vision. That is that the money is to glorify God. And so 
that in itself, just that biblical mindset towards it, it should actually bring you closer, you know, should bring unity. But it's also, we've got to remember, God did this for a reason. You know, he puts man and woman together for a very good reason, and that is to bring balance to decisions. Because men and women are different, you know, it may not be popular or politically correct to say that these days, but the reality is we are different. And the idea of having a man and woman together brings balance to financial decisions. Now, to, let me give you a generalisation as to what I mean. So men generally are bigger risk takers. Women are generally more risk averse. Now, that's not always true, but it's a, good, it's a reasonably accurate generalisation. So by putting two together, one is going to, you know, force to step out in faith, take a bit more risk potentially, and other will say, hey, oh, hang on a minute, let's think this through and be a bit more cautious. So that brings balance and brings ideally wisdom to that marital uh, situation and that financial situation. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, to me, the biblical model uh, should uh, help to relieve some of these, uh, you know, challenges that we come across if we're united with that same goal and vision of treating it as God's money. So let's bring this down to a really practical place. Uh, so the Bible teaches how to live with a person that we've chosen to live with. Uh, the two become one flesh. Uh, now the way we have an attitude towards money, how do we treat that money in this circumstance? And given we're coming into uh, potentially harder economic times, uh, an important uh, bit of wisdom to understand. So how do we, uh, how do we look at money together? Yeah, look, so the way I see it is we should look at it and say, right, uh, firstly, we want to acknowledge that it's God, that we're not the owners, we're stewards. So stewardship basically lends the idea that we are managers on God's behalf, and therefore we want to say whatever God's blessed us with, whether it's a little or a lot, together we're going to sit down and we're going to say, right, how are we going to use this? Now, clearly, God makes it clear in his word that we have an obligation to meet the needs of those around us, like in our immediate family. We've got to look after our families, no question. Uh, and then from there, we've got to build on that. We need to say, okay, well, who around us needs help, you know, in our community uh, around, around the world? And then, of course, how do we advance God's kingdom together? You know, money should have an eternal aspect to it. It shouldn't just be oh, just about meeting my needs and us as a family. It should be much bigger thinking than that. And is who, who are we going to sow into? You know, what ministries does God want us to sow into as a couple? You know, these should be, you know, dinner time conversations. And include your kids in these conversations as well, I would encourage people, because we want to have this eternal perspective to the money. I mean, life goes breathtakingly quickly and we need to be absolutely purposeful with it. And of course, we need to bring God into the decision-making process. So that means a few things. One is it means having a reasonable understanding about what God's word says about money. But it also involves asking God for wisdom. You know, if you look in the book of James, you know, it talks about how do you get wisdom? Well, very simply, it says, ask God. We need spirit, you know, we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. And so we need to ask for that uh, heavenly wisdom in our decision-making as a couple. So we need to bring God into our decision-making so that when we're doing it, we're not acting out of emotion. We're not acting out of um, you know, our human you know, fallen nature, which, of course, you know, we do. Um, but we need to bring in the Holy Spirit into our decision-making process by inviting God in when we're having these discussions and, and praying about it. And, and, of course, sleeping on it, don't necessarily act rash, you know, uh, rashly, you know, to, you know, take time to think it through and talk it through as a couple so you make good, sensible decisions together. 
getting on the same page, no doubt very valuable when you are two as one flesh, uh, but we bring to our marriage perhaps different expectations. Uh, what sort of things are you most attentive to in getting on the same page together, Alex? Yeah, look, it varies significantly by couples, but the reality is we're all different. Um, there can be gender differences. There can be differences in our expectations. So, for example, uh, when when you get married, you might have a different expectation about the kind of schooling. You know, some people will be adamant that their kids go to a, a public school, others to a private school. So that obviously has a significant financial implication to it. Likewise, where you're going to live, you know, you're going to live in a wealthy area or, or, or less so, that, that affects finances. Again, how many kids are you going to have? You know, I've got four, so I can say it's not cheap. So the four versus two, all those things have a financial implication to it. And of course, our upbringing can shape us, you know, whether our parents were spenders or whether they were hoarders, whether they argued about money. There can be cultural differences, you know. Australia is a very multicultural society, and so we may bring into to marriage uh, aspects of our our culture um, that will affect the way we talk and think about money. Of course, in, in couples, you know, there may be differences in spiritual maturity. You know, if you're married to someone who doesn't share the same faith as you, or someone who's just not as committed as you, all those kind of things are going to shape issues around giving, for example. Um, you know. If you know someone is a very committed Christian, they're going to want to live and serve through through giving. They're going to want to do that generously. So all those things can have an effect. And then, of course, it's just our general personality. And you know, some of us are risk takers. Some of us are, you know, very conservative with our money. Some are spenders. Some are hoarders. There's all these kind of uh, things. So it's a, marriage in that sense. It's a bit of a, a melting pot, but despite these differences, and this is where the amazing thing I think of the Christian faith. By both sharing that same biblical view, we can bring it back into its correct way of thinking. So rather than us wandering off based on our human nature and our own backgrounds and experiences, we can bring it together through that biblical framework of saying, actually, you know what, this is God's and we're going to steward it for him. That changes the nature of the conversation and the behaviours. Alex, what about the different depths or maturity when it comes to our spirituality? I mean, one's been a Christian for a long time, uh, perhaps a different level of faith than another. Uh, two running at different speeds can create its own tensions and hassles. Uh, what are your thoughts here around a different spiritual maturity when it comes to our marriage and our money? Look, very, very common. Um, look, and this is where I think a lot of grace is needed. Because what you'll, you'll find is, um, it, particularly let's take the topic of giving. So, you know, a, a typical Christian might say, I want to give 10% of my income, for example. And if you're married to someone who's an unbeliever, they may or may not support that. They might think, well, you know, I'd rather spend that on other things. And so there has to be an element of grace towards the other person and love, knowing that they don't necessarily share the same worldview. Now, over time, we want to pray that they do, and we want to you know, come together, but it is much more challenging in that situation, and it's, you know, it is a common one. Um, so I think um, if, if you're not on the same page, you just need to talk through these issues, and you just have to be um, more flexible, and potentially there, there is an aspect of compromise which is very uh, challenging in, those, in the nature of those relationships. Um, but 
gear around, as I say, topics of giving and so forth. But it could also be a fabulous witness to your spouse too of the the priorities and the kind-heartedness that a believer should have when they are serving God using their money. So it, it's a, an opportunity as much as it is a challenge. Let's talk about some common problems uh, that we might experience in our marriage around money. Uh, you know, the thought of, uh, you know, keeping it all for yourself uh, or uh, there's family differences, uh, the sorts of things you might do to, uh, you know, even hide money away. What are the common problems that couples are experiencing around money that could be worked on, fine-tuned, tweaked uh, to make these things a whole lot easier to deal with? Yeah, look, there's a couple of really common ones that jump out at me. One of the the big ones in our society is the lack of uh, reserves, the lack of emergency funds. And, of course, when challenging times come, and I've seen this regularly, particularly through insurance, dealing, dealing with insurance, is, you know, health issues come in. And then all of a sudden the family's under enormous pressure because of the health issues and one partner not being able to work. So a lot of these things can be combated through good decision-making, whether it's through having cash reserves or B, through appropriate insurances. Because otherwise, in that that marriage, you're going to have enormous pressure when the tough times hit if the the right building blocks haven't been put into place. So that's a really important one. The second one, and I think this is one that is creeping up on us as a society as rates rise, is excessive debt. You know, people feel under enormous pressure to own their own home, which is a good thing, by the way, in general. Um, but of course, it can come at a cost, and so it's not always the right thing. An excessive debt can put enormous pressure on a couple. Once again, in the scenario that one loses a job or both lose their job, then you've got that stress that comes from that, and that of course puts uh, you know marriages into uh, potential conflict. So that's they're, they're the two really big ones. Probably the third one is more just that human nature side of it. That is that we have as couples differences in what we see as needs versus wants so i'll give you an example for myself i might say uh you know honey i really want that new iphone you know i love that new technology that cool feature blah 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 and she'll go oh well, alex you know you've had a phone it works perfectly okay you don't need it and then she might have something else you know whether it's a new outfit or, or something else that's of interest to her that i think well really do we need that and so you get this is where the tension and conflict can arise. And this is where I think grace is needed. We need to give our, uh, our spouse room to move and to be able to enjoy what God has blessed them with. But then equally, we need to be respectful of each other where we don't stretch ourselves so much that the family finances come under huge pressure because we're too busy trying to satisfy all our wants rather than looking at it more carefully and saying, actually, you know what, these are what our real priority should be. So a lot of these things, I believe, can be overcome through that united you know, Christian approach that we talked about earlier. But there is a human nature element to it. And of course, we need to be gracious and allow our spouses to enjoy what God's given them as well. You know, it's not all just scrooge, you know, stashing it away, so to speak. Alex, time's run out. Uh, Just come back, though, as you say, to those Christian biblical foundations we started talking about. There is a sense here you could let your faith in God strengthen your position as you come under some financial pressures. As we say, interest rates likely to be rising again today. A lot more families coming under these sorts of pressures. 
So there is a sense here, and uh, perhaps a final thought from you, Alex, on letting your faith strengthen your marriage and your family, even if some financial pressures come. Yeah, look, absolutely. So what I would encourage listeners, if you know, if you are married or you're soon to be married, sit down as a couple and talk through your goals, but talk through them in the context of what your, you know, what God has for your lives as a couple. You know, what direction is God taking you in? How is He, how is He using you? What do you guys feel is your calling? What's your where are you meant to be focusing your time and your attention? Because often where you're focusing your time and attention is where the finances will follow. Um, and, and do that together and say, right, as a couple, this is how much we have, both in terms of capital but also in terms of income, and how are we best going to use this um, together to glorify God uh, and to, but also to acknowledge that, that we do have the normal daily living pressures of you know, higher energy costs and rents and mortgages and all these things, and how are we going to you know, satisfy those goals and come together and uh, work on this um, collectively for God's glory. And that, that's, that, to me, is the key, but you need to put the time into it. You know, if this isn't new, as in you haven't, a lot of couples, I'm always amazed, haven't actually sat down and ever talked about it that much, but if you haven't, now's a great time to do it. Uh, And then the last aspect to that is evaluate your debt because we are heading into a more challenging season uh, both here in Australia but globally. So do those things as a couple. Alex, great wisdom. And for listeners to connect with Alex Cook, he's the founder of Wealth With Purpose. You can connect with Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com. There's lots of good free resources there on the website, e-books, the My Toolkit, free videos and podcast content. You can also follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. And there is an email, askalex at wealthwithpurpose.com. Alex Cook, great insights as always. Thank you so much for your update and uh, good wisdom around marriage and money today on 2020. 